<laughs> oh, whoa. It's Death Metal Dudes. Welcome back into the void with Christopher Pierce and Buddy Lloyd. Thanks for the iTunes reviews. We got five stars. You guys have been tuning in. You guys have been giving us the stars, and that helps a lot. So now, um, before when you put the podcast up, you have to type in Death Metal Dicks to search for it. Now, if you just type in Death Metal, we come up as the second podcast. Really? If you type in death, we're on the front page of that. So Awesome. If you keep giving us reviews, we'll narrow it down and bring Satan's true agenda into the world. So please keep giving us those five-star reviews. I think it would be more fun if when you gave us the five stars, you roasted us in the comment. Yeah, dude, it's not fucking hard, man. Look at us. We're look gross. At us. Well, you have to look at us on YouTube, which brings me to my next point. We record... Every podcast on YouTube. So if you want to see what we look like or follow along, you can tune in to the past episodes by simply liking Professional Pirate Media on YouTube. Give that a subscribe. And then every time we record, you'll be notified. And that also goes on to the Professional Pirate Media Facebook page, which you should also like. We'll also post them up on the Death Metal Dicks Facebook page. Give that a like. And most importantly, download, subscribe, five-star review on iTunes. And if you roast me and Buddy, and it's a good one, I'll read it on the podcast. So you could go down in iTunes infamy by hitting us with a good zing-a-ling. You know what I'm saying? Zing-a-ling. Zing-a-ling-a-ding. I've got a show coming up the week after this with Kyle Kinane at Vino's. I think we have like nine tickets left. I don't know how. I figured it'd be sold out. That's a little frustrating. So if you want to make a move on this fucking show, you want to go, you should probably buy tickets now. Because what we put this out and all nine of those tickets sail away, what are you going to do? Sail, sail, sail the fucking way. You're going to be sad. I saw someone make a post today about, oh, Kalkanay's my favorite comedian. and All right, so why don't you buy a ticket? Because your name's not on the list, fam. So get on that shit. Buy a ticket. Come see me and Kalkanay. It's going to be the most fun of all time. And that's September 9th at Vino's in Little Rock. If you're out of town, sorry about that. But you can catch Kyle on his uh, month-long tour somewhere near you. Just give him a follow on Twitter. I'm pitching him for some reason. Uh, Follow me on Twitter at Death Metal Chris. Follow me on Facebook. Smells like Teen Chris. And then, wait, that's Instagram. God damn it, buddy. Follow Buddy on Instagram. Lloyd Have Mercy 666. And uh, add both of us on Facebook. We'll accept it, and we'll talk to you about murder anytime. Yeah, absolutely. It interests the shit out of us. It's awesome. Yeah, just send me terrible things. Send me links. If you have a gross link that you think that the death metal dicks should explore, send it over to us. Or any occultism shit. Weird, crazy crimes of occultism. Yeah, we like the cult. We like the occult. We like the band the cult. We like the... Uh, Nike shoes involved in the, why can't I think of the name? Heaven's right Gate. Heaven's Gate cult. All that shit. Send us links. Talk to us. We are in fucking good time. I'm good at the internet. Get out of here. Uh, yeah, so if you're not familiar with death metal dicks, dicks is short, of course, for detectives, because what we do here is take grisly true crimes and terrifying paranormal events and compare those 
to our favorite death metal songs. Right, buddy? Yeah. And tonight we're going to do Cannibalism. I'm going to kick it off. I'm going to try to go from light to worst in cannibalism terms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We will go to Summitville, Tennessee, June 6th, 2014. Giant poser Gregory Hale dismembers a lady that he found walking the streets. He cuts her hands and feet off, puts them in one bucket, cuts her head off, puts her in another bucket. He's got a torso to deal with. Out of the torso, he takes the lungs and heart, tries to bury the rest underneath a fire pit that he's got in his yard. Now, Gary is a fat guy. Digging a hole, pretty hard work. (laughs) If you haven't been working out and you haven't been eating right, I highly suggest you don't murder somebody because it's going to be pretty physically strenuous to dispose of the body. You know why he gets a pass, though? Why? June 6th, National Slayer Day. That's it, dude. So he tries to (laughs) dig the trench to bury the lady and gets gassed out. So then he thinks he's going to recruit his fucking neighbor into the mix and the neighbor's just going to be like, yeah, you know what, man, no problem. I'll come over, I'll help you dig this hole for this lady's body, we'll just toss her in there, and we'll get out of there. Well, unfortunately for the neighbor, he gets caught in this fucking hour-long conversation. Now, let me give you a backstory about Gregory. He's 37, all right? Yep. He should not be allowed. I think that there should be a litmus test when you want to sign up for social media. Let's say you want to get on Facebook. You're 37 years old. One of the first questions should be, is Marilyn Manson one of your favorite musical artists? If you answer yes, automatically rejected. <laughs> you can't get online. Well, I mean, even worse if your favorite band is fucking Cold Chamber or Cold or any of those. Oh, guys. he's this type of guy. He's 37 <laughs> years old. He thinks he's a Satanist. He thinks he's in the metal. What he's doing is taking new metal bands and twisting around their words and fucking losing his boner over Richard Ramirez and coming up with this cocktail in his brain that he's a satanic warrior for the devil. Let me tell you something right now. That's fucking awesome. No, it's not because he's listening to new metal. Satan would never listen to Marilyn Manson. You no, know what no, I mean? no, absolutely there's, not. There's cool elements to the guy. So look, okay, this guy is obsessed with Richard Ramirez, all right? And that's easy to do. I've told you before, Richard Ramirez, number one manifesto. In my book, Pound for Pound, Cream of the Crop, Manifesto. Best one ever. The speech he gives in court when he's being sentenced, greatest speech I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, that's great, dude. <laughs> he's easy to like, all right? So you like that guy. Maybe you're like me and Buddy here. You hear that, and you're like, well, man, you're you're not good or evil. You're beyond that. You're the last free man. You got your own will. Fuck yeah. And then you start listening to heavy metal. You know, you get into it, and then you go deeper and deeper and deeper. Well, not this fucking guy. He stops eyebrow ring level metal. You know what I mean? Oh, fuck. Fucking a couple of septum piercings, a couple of goatees. He's doing that, and he's telling everyone that'll listen to him that he's a Satanist. Dude, I worship Satan. Yeah, you never worship Satan in your life. You don't know nothing about him. He's got the fucking Godsmack sun tattoo. For sure. He's just (laughs) listening to Antichrist Superstar like Marilyn Manson really came from hell. And then, all right. God damn it, So the poor neighbor gets stuck talking to this guy. The guy's like, hey, man. Need you to help me do something. The neighbor's like, what? He's like, well, see, 
I'm a Satanist, all right, and uh, been over at my house just uh, coming up with a plan, and I happened to kill this lady, okay, all right? We're going to have to bury her body. And he's like, what do you mean we? And he's like, well, look, man, it all started here. And then he gives him an hour rundown of how he killed the lady, and the poor fucking neighbor just like, fucking that's... You want some coffee or something, man? I'm going to step out to the bathroom real quick and promptly dial 911. So when the police arrived... He had already dismembered the poor lady. He had decided in the dismemberment, since he's already gone this far, he's had this fantasy, which, you know, if you're familiar with Richard Ramirez's manifesto, which I will read in a future podcast about Richard Ramirez himself, if you're familiar, you'll know that he tells you to take your internal self and let whatever your fantasy is come out and act it out. His was cannibalism. So he decided to take a little taste-a-roo of that lady Gross. What did he taste, though? He tried to eat a little bit of her lung. Fuck, was she a smoker? Yeah. Oh, yeah. She had problems. So he got a little bite of lung and just... Can't eat this. Was she smoking Newports? Probably. So it just tastes like a fucking AC filter in a car? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It got some cool ice tree air freshener in that fucking lung. But he couldn't go through with eating her. The police show up right away. And, you know, this guy, first of all, could have easily gotten away with this murder. What a fucking dork. He's 37 years old. You know where he worked at, buddy? Perfect job for this guy. A meatpacking plant. Oh, okay. He had gotten caught a couple of times stealing animal skulls and taking them home. He got fired for being caught doing a satanic ritual. What do you think the ritual was? Um... I summon you, Belial... To my realm, please present me with a free package of these finest hot dogs. Was he eating fucking, fucking uh, hot links and such? Yeah, Tugging them underneath his tits? He's fat as fuck and working in a meatpacking plant. <laughs> That's what I do. I he's probably links. fucking tube to table in those hot links. Yeah, the victim here, this is a, this is where it gets sad. That's a lot of fun. You got this fucking dork who probably thinks Slipknot's death metal. Yeah. And then he's working at the factory all day, getting fired for having a satanic ritual. Then going off into his own world where I got to murder and I got to eat somebody. Unfortunately, the victim is Lisa Marie Hyder, who's a mother of six. Oh, Mother of six. Fucking heavy alcoholic. Can't stop drinking. Got a divorce from her husband a year prior because he was tired of her shit. And she found out a week before this she has ovarian cancer. But hey, man, I guess better to be eaten by a new metal soldier than ovarian cancer. Yeah, you know, I would rather be eaten than Robin Williams some shit, you know what I'm saying? Just fucking... Then hang yourself? Is that what he did? Yeah. You haven't seen the picture? No. Check it out. I will. <laughs> <laughs> His neck got stretched. That's the first picture I looked at. So I'm, I've seen pictures of people hanging, but not post-hanging. Woo! Oh. The neck gets stretched out, man. The neck gets stretched. It happens like, every time. Yeah. Well, you walked in on somebody that legit hung themselves. I have seen it before. It feels like a halfway would feel pretty good. Like, I feel compressed all the time. Kind of slump a little bit. Yeah. Like, just, a, just like a... Three-second hang might do some good. Yeah, like a fucking inversion table. Yeah, but with a rope. (laughs) 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 Only around the neck. Oh, God. Well, that's the first one. You feeling good? Yeah. All right. Fuck yeah. 
We'll go on to Bridgeport, Connecticut, December 15th, 2011. Uh, well, that's where the crime took place. Uh, all right, so you got Tyree Smith. He shows up in a panic in Florida on his cousin Nicole Rav's doorstep. He's talking all types of nonsense, buddy. He's talking about Greek gods. Oh, my God. He's trying to tell his sister that the only way he can survive is if he stays there and then goes out at night and gets blood. Cousin, not sister. So he's speaking that mumbo-jumbo like, Aphrodite and Isis command me to stay at your house because I don't have any money. But while I'm here, I must feast on blood in the streets. She's Uh, like, okay. (laughs) I should have been something cooler than that. Yeah, Greek gods. What a weird thing to go schizophrenic on. Yeah, man. For sure. I've never like, heard of that. Like, you're just going to go you're around. freaking out for yeah. it? <laughs> go fuck a bunch. That's what they did. Yeah, Greeks love to fuck. They love it. everybody. doesn't matter who. They didn't see. Now, America talks all, like, we're at a place in today's political climate where everyone's supposed to have an all-inclusive culture. Let me ask you this. Did you ever bring to the table the type of all-inclusive fucking that the Greeks did? No. Doubt it. Mm. No. Probably not. No, definitely not. Okay, because the Greeks, they're fucking old men. They're fucking young men. They're fucking old women. They're fucking goats. They're wrestling each other to get fucked. If you lose, I mean, I wrestled plenty of, tons of wrestling matches. You know what I mean? Did you get fucked and, after uh, any of them? No, never one time. It never happened. That's a way more inclusive environment to be in. Uh, so, yeah, he's got that Greek guy on the brain, which instead of making him horny for cock, it makes him horny for blood. He comes inside, sits down, and she immediately notices that he's got specks of blood on his pants. Then notices that he's carrying a bloody axe and a pair of bloody chopsticks. If I was her, that would be the first thing I noticed. Probably the chopsticks, like, (laughs) what's that? You got something to tell me there, Tyree? You got a... My favorite song, System of Damn, Chop Suey. Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, man. You shouldn't trust this. Guy who shows up at your apartment. You're really good at filling gaps there, buddy. Great co-host. <laughs> I'll fill the gaps in your teeth with my cum. Uh, I would love for her to get filled. <laughs> uh, so, she, his cousin Nicole asked Smith, Hey man, why do you have a bloody axe and bloody chopsticks with you with blood all over you? He's like, you know what? I'm going to tell you this right now. I killed a man with a hatchet. Whoop, whoop. Oh, shoot. Then took his brains and eyes to Lakeview Cemetery, where I ate them, and washed it down with sake. Man, that's exactly what Violent J would do. Hell yeah. I want to give this guy props, too, for sticking to a theme, because he went full Japanese restaurant on that guy. Yeah. Chopsticks, sake, that's the entire experience. You know what I'm saying? Definitely, Definitely a Greek thing to do with food. For sure. Greek thing? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this guy's all mixed up. You'll see. All right, so she kicks him out. He's just been living on the streets. A month later, the police where he came from in Bridgeport, Connecticut, find the body of 43-year-old Angel Tuntun Gonzalez. Bungtun Gonzalez. I expected him to be Japanese. Yeah. What is he? He's Mexican. His name's Angel. <laughs> Angel Gonzalez. Wait, from Buffy the Vampire Slayer? No. that's the only non-mexican angel actually (laughs) Uh, so they find angel stuffed in a mattress without eyes or a brain 
and he is in the abandoned apartment that Tyree Smith grew up in. Tyree went on trial and he was found not guilty due to insanity. Poor Tyree had heard voices for over a decade and was never able to receive treatment because they're a low-income family. They basically was like, hey, mom and dad, I got voices in my head. And they're like, well, quit being a fag and get some food stamps about it. <laughs> and he's <Wow>. like, great. <laughs> so he sat down and, you know, when you're on trial and you plead insanity, the prosecutor sends over a psychiatrist to evaluate you because obviously if the person defending you can't hire the psychiatrist because the psychiatrist 10 out of 10 times would be like, yep, they're fucking crazy. So this person basically doesn't want him to be able to plead the insanity defense. And the way that he spoke with the psychiatrist, the psychiatrist decided based on the content that he provided that he was way too crazy to stand trial. And he told the psychiatrist flat out that he had voices in his head that were forcing him to continuously eat flesh. So he may have had more victims, but he couldn't recall any of it. He had no idea that he had killed that guy. He just knew that he, you told the psychiatrist that he's in danger. Everyone's in danger because he can't turn it off. And he said that if the psychiatrist didn't get somebody in the room now, that he was going to eat her. And then he was like, would you like to be eaten? And she was like, "Uh, please, 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 security show up now. (laughs) I've, I've actually had that threat before. Be eaten? Yeah, what's that like? Man, it was weird. I think I, I think I might have said this before on a podcast, but I did have a dude tell me one time that he was the son of he was the son of God, and that he himself was God, and that I was Jesus, and I was his son, yeah. and that he had to eat me sure. and fuck me, yeah, and then kill me. That's what you do with kids. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> It's well, like a, it's like a beastmaster, like a yeah. beastmaster where they're sacrificing the kids, the Jun Horde. They're like sacrificing them and shit. Yeah. Did they fuck them before? Yeah, I'm sure. Or after? Both. That's the only way to really know. And also with beastmaster, you got to do that cool fucking handshake where you skip the hand and you grab the wrist. Yeah, I love that. You got to have a fucking uh, the fucking that that squirrel type of thing that just hangs out with you, like a chinchilla. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Isn't that Kevin Sorbo? Nah, dude. It, nah, this is before Kevin Sorbo. I thought he was the Beastmaster. No, nah, he was Hercules and, and Cole, the Conqueror. Is he not Beastmaster on the show? I nah. think he is, dude. Uh, is there a show? I don't give a fuck. How many fucking big, feathery-haired white guys are there? They're all Kevin Sorbo to me. Uh, Lorenzo Lawless? <laughs> Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> <laughs> so, needless to say, he got off because he's legit insane. He is still in a high security psychiatric hospital as he was found not guilty by way of insanity but sentenced to 60 years in a psychiatric hospital oh probably a good place for that motherfucker man i don't know how they came up with the time frame but yeah i mean that dude didn't need to be out they gave him medication you know as soon as he got medicated he didn't remember what he did felt real bad about it but also, if they take him off medication, which I guess is how they test him, which seems fucked up. It's like they take him off medication to see what will happen. Yeah. And he just cannot disassociate from having to eat people. Oh, God. It, schizophrenia is a real weird thing because they don't really know what causes it. Yeah. I'm glad they don't because I love when this shit happens. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's move on to Hartford County, Maryland. We're at May 25th, 2012, and this story is pretty fun because if you ever watch, like, Alex Jones, David Icke, 
over-the-top conspiracy theories where you've been sucked into a world where you believe in things like the Earth is flat or you believe in things like there's a race of reptilian people deep within the hollow of the Earth that came from the planet Nibiru to come here on Earth and enslave people and feed off a negative energy called the Anunnaki. They hide behind the moon, which is where planet X Nibiru is. So that's like if Zacharias Hitchens was from Texas? Yeah. Yeah, I basically use Alex Jones as my conspiracy theory vehicle every time. I get it. 100%. So this guy got sucked into that. Uh, He was eventually diagnosed as a paranoid schizophrenic. He was, uh, his family had moved here from Kenya. His name's Alexander Kinua. Paranoid schizophrenic, Morgan State University engineering student. So smart guy. Can't connect a pain to the brain. Nope. He believed that reptilian aliens were taking over people's bodies. So to combat that, he kills and eats another foreign student named Cujo Bonsafo Agie Cody. Hm. Wow, these are six fucking names. Yeah, I mean, in Africa, they don't have food, they don't have money, but they sure got names. All right. <laughs> so this guy... G.A. Cody was staying with uh, Alexander Kinua's family. And he had met Alexander's dad, who's a doctor, while he was working on his doctoral degree, also at Morgan State. He was in danger of being deported, so they took him in. That way he didn't get sent back to Africa. The father noticed that Cody was missing on the 25th of March. So he calls the police, makes a report. He'd be gone for two days. They can't find him anywhere. Almost a week later, the younger Kenua brother goes into the basement and finds some tins. What do you think's in those tins, buddy? A dick and balls. And other various body parts. <laughs> Just I, a, I like fancy things. <laughs> imagine you're the dad here, and you're from Kenya, so you've seen a lot of shit. Yeah. You've seen guts, dicks, blown up pussies, people fucking hyenas for food. Fucking hyenas? Yeah, because if you impregnate the hyena and then you get the baby, the nourishment lasts your family a lot longer than if you just eat the hyena flat out. Got you. All right. So you've seen a lot of shit, and you want to get away from that. You bring your whole family over to America. You get a good job being a doctor over here in these United States. You got your kids going to school. They're going through college. They haven't seen anybody like General Butt Naked shooting people with a machine gun on top of a Hummer made out of skulls and dicks. Wow, that's cool. You never seen General Butt Naked before? Nope. He kicks ass, but he's also kind of a rapist pedophile. But no, the first cool. part's pretty rad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's just like in a weird war spot in Africa. But it's General Butt Naked because he just fights battles butt naked. Hell yeah. So kind of fucking awesome. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, these people <laughs> are far removed from it. They left Kenya when they were babies, so the younger brother's never seen any of war-torn Africa. Now you walk into the basement and you find tins full of fucking body parts. The kid freaks out and they've already been in contact with police so he picks up the detective's card and calls them up. The detectives show up, take the body parts and start scouring the area. A few meters away there's a Baptist church and they find other body parts dumped in the dumpster there. Fuck yeah! Hell yeah. So what happened is that during a schizophrenic break, Kenua 
lost his mind, bashed this dude's skull in, cut every single little piece of his body apart, and ate as much as he could to try to hide the body. And also probably just that African instinct kicking in, because there's not a lot of food to go around, then you can't be wasting body parts. No. But somewhere between the house and the Baptist church, he had consumed about three and a half pounds of this guy. I kind of feel like if you're into cannibalism and you're from Africa... The closest thing to Big League Chew is a, a soft fucking cock. And it's, yeah. it's like Spam gum. Yeah. It's probably good as yeah, hell. It's got, it's got <laughs> it's like a sweaty, meaty flavor to it. Yeah. And you could savor it for days. Like, you're not getting a lot of nutrients from what's growing because nothing's growing. And you're tired of eating hyenas. So yeah. if the fucking dick comes along, like, what if someone shoots your cousin? You're going to let that go to waste? You're just going to gum on his dick for a few days. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not like going to gum a dick that's attached to a body, that's for sure. I'm thinking, if I'm walking some, well, somewhere... You're taking it off, buddy. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, like, the... I'm I'm just walking down the side of the street and I see a dick laying on the ground. Yeah, I'm probably going to pick it up and chew that motherfucker. You wouldn't cut it off. No, nah, I don't want to do that because then I'd be in deep trouble. Then the person to cut the dick off is in more trouble. I just get a slap on the wrist and a dick in the cheeks. Yeah, it's like a jerky chew. <laughs> Remember jerky chew? Yeah. What a dude who? All right, so there are smart men that I've met in the world. I've met a lot of interesting people with a lot of great ideas that have made tons of money. But who's the motherfucker working at the jerky factory that was like, just saw all the fucking jerky dust sitting on the yeah. ground and was like, I'm going to plug this motherfucker up like tobacco. And then someone saw that and was like, all right, we don't waste anything anymore. Dude, I'm so, I, yeah, I remember that shit, man. When I played Little League Baseball, dude, I thought about people chewing tobacco in, in fucking games and you shit. You would plug up with that jerk? Yeah, I'd plug it up with that jerk, son. I snorted it. <laughs> it was fucked up. Are you Turkish? <laughs> All right. This is another motherfucker that shouldn't have had social media. So over the whole thing, he ended up, uh, same thing. This is, we usually talk about how serial killers always try to go for insanity and never get it. How rare the insanity plea is. This is another guy that got away with fucking insanity. Not guilty. He's still in mental care right now because he's not quite put together. He's definitely a paranoid schizophrenic and he's dangerous. Let me read you his last Facebook post. Again, social media. There needs to be a test. You sign up for Facebook, you gotta answer a few things. Number one, do you think the Anunnaki are real? Yes? No Facebook. Here's his last Facebook post, as read by me. Hear me out, butchers. Are you strong enough to endure ritual HBCU mass human sacrifices around the country and still be able to function as human beings? HBCU is historic black college and universities. It's been all too tragic with the dual university shootings at Virginia Tech and other past university killings across the country. Now for a twist. Ethnic cleansing. It's the policy, strategy, and tactics that will affect you directly or indirectly in the coming months. Mm. This is the brutal basis. An evil and terrifying method of this death cults. Tight. Makes no sense. It does. <laughs> if it makes sense, no Facebook for you. <laughs> Too bad. <laughs> Just yell in the microphone with your whole mouth. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Grimace sounds like when he fucks, for sure. 
I am I am Grimace. You're real grimacy. You got a chicken boot looking body for sure. <laughs> Is that what Grimace was? Was a chicken boot? Yeah, man. <laughs> Sriracha back. Oh, he was fucked up. All right, anyway, we're blowing it. Let's go to Los Angeles. This is my favorite one, I think. April 10th, 2002. Antron Singleton, a.k.a. Big Lurch. Now, Big Lurch is a rapper that I have heard of before. My friend Eric Eberts had a CD of his, and he turned me on to him way back in the day. I thought he was a pretty cool rapper, I already know. I already, dude, it's so fucked up, man. We never even talked about Big Lurch before. I know who the fuck it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we never right. talked about it? I don't think so, man. I think we have. No. Because I've always carried the knowledge that he, like, got... Anyway. So Big <laughs> Lurch is arrested by police because he's standing in the street, totally naked, covered head to toe in blood, just screaming at the sky. While police are making the arrest... One of their friends just discovered the body of 25-year-old Tanish Yassis. Her chest had been torn open and a three-inch blade was fucking broken off in her shoulder. Ouch. God Just damn. imagine the power of that swing coming down to break off a fucking... What's that, like a paring knife? Yeah, like a paring knife is like three inches and just fucking snap that motherfucker. He's probably going to get pardoned tomorrow. In a shoulder. <laughs> he just might. <laughs> uh, meanwhile... I'm sorry. Why the fuck did I say meanwhile? Three-inch blade broken off in her shoulder. Upon investigation by police, tooth marks were found all over her body. Mostly her face, but he had eaten half of one of her lungs, which had been torn out of her goddamn chest. Lungs must be the best part, dude. They're always going for lungs, man. I think it's just because it's on top. You know what I'm saying? Like, once you cut the body open, you got the rib cage. And the ribcage protects, like, everything vital. So you'd have to, like, bust that open to get into the heart and shit. But the lungs are, like, right at the bottom. So you can just reach in and... <laughs> I think it's a smoke to meat of fucking bodies, well, dude. Yeah, people smoke, <laughs> dude. They're getting a constant heat source in there. What if he just took them and fucking huffed them? Like, <laughs> fuck. What if he took a lung and filled it up with spray paint and then just took a big old huff of that motherfucker, too? Yeah, that is so fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that is the coolest shit I've ever heard, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I mean, I've heard a huffing before, but uh, lung huffing? Luffing. <laughs> yeah, well, Lurch, of course, tried to get the insanity defense because... He fucking ripped a human being apart, ripped their lungs out, and was screaming about it to the gods in the sky for forgiveness at 2 in the morning. But unfortunately, Lurch had been smoking PCP for the last four days without any sleep. So the reason he was in psychosis is from partying. And if you choose to party and you are not have any pre-existing mental conditions, you're going down. Fuck. So he is serving life without parole until tomorrow if trump pardons big lurch i'm gonna be elated (laughs) we should start that petition yeah man i mean he basically it's i'm thinking it through the eyes of a southern man who is discriminated discriminating muslims especially with the name like the victim he had and they're like (laughs) they're just going well you killed a muslim let him out killed a muslim I'm eating the lung, down to the bung, I got a sore throat. Let's just make up in the petition that he huffed out of the lung, and that would definitely get him pardoned. Yeah, for sure. He just, uh, President Trump, first thing we want to tell you is he took some canned 
instant bronzer, and he filled the fucking lung up with it and took a big rip of that before he passed out. And that's why it was insane, because when you huff from a lung, all the magic comes out of the human into your body, and you can't yeah. handle it. You're huffing their soul with paint. Uh, what's that like? Let's try it tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say that. <laughs> we already pushed it way too far. <laughs> We're on lists. Oh, crap. All right. So these have been kind of whimsical, you know what I mean? Thus far. It's been a jaunty romp through cannibalism and modern history. Yeah. Things are about to take a turn for the depressing. Is it? Well, here's why. Because the legal system has entirely fucked us all in every facet of American life. But no more than here, because you're going to see how this guy slipped through the cracks of the legal system like 85 fucking times to kill, get out, kill, and kill again. And it's bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> Getting warped up. All right. We're going to go to Joseph Albert Oberhansley. Joseph originally landed himself in prison for being at his house, going on a meth binge, shooting his fucking girlfriend in the face, shooting her again. When he goes to shoot her the fourth time, his mom jumps on the girlfriend's body to cover her up. He shoots his mom in the back. He thinks his mom's dead, so he puts the gun to his chin and fires a shot into his brain. Wakes up totally fine. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> kind of. Everything's okay. <laughs> so he lives, and he this is in southern Indiana. He gets sent to prison. This motherfucker is only in prison for 12 years. He got charged with manslaughter. That's manslaughter hmm. for going on a meth bender. I guess that's an Indiana law. Like, well, all right. Here at the top level of Indiana, we're all pounding rails of meth. So for us to cast a crystal at another one of our fair Indianites, we're going to have to dig under a pretty big Gatorade bottle to do that one, buddy. Yep. So we're going to say because it's meth-induced mania, manslaughter. Hmm. Remember he shot his mom? Yep. Prison for 12 years. Mm Mm-hmm. His mom is the person that leads the charge for him to get paroled. She forgives him all is well. Good Christian woman. Listen to the reason why the parole board said that he was okay to integrate back in society. This is fucking the first unbelievable part of this whole thing. When he shot himself in the head, he gave himself a partial lobotomy. What? He told every doctor that he talked to since then that the bullet lodged in his fucking brain keeps him calm. This is some idiocracy shit. Yeah, it's real. This is Indiana. First, let's just keep reminding you that this is the way shit works in Indiana. Meth rage killing manslaughter. Bullet in your own head. That's basically a medical procedure. Yeah, he's docile now. That's some like remember remember uh, the show on Fox, uh, Erie, Indiana. Yeah, that's that's a, this is an episode is of a, that. Yeah, it's a plot. Well, I tried to kill myself, but I just shot all the crazy out. Please leave the bullet so I can continue to be calm. 
his family said that when he would talk to them on the phone, the other side of him would come out, and he was a goddamn monster. He threatened to kill every single one of them. And they had like 20 different family members together and begged the state to keep this guy in jail because if he got out, he had already threatened to kill them all, and he had already fucking shot his own goddamn mom. Keep him in jail. But mom's like, oh, no, no, he's cool. And so they release him into his mom's custody. He's 33 now. He was really young when the other shit happened. He goes to stay with his goddamn mom. He does pretty good for like a year and a half. He's got a job. He's going to his required parole meetings. Never pops on a drug test, so he's off the meth. Living a pretty clean life. Then he starts having run-ins with the law. First thing he does is he starts going out drinking all the time mm-hmm. by himself. That's the first. Yeah, look, let me give you advice, fellas that are lonely, which is everybody listening to this podcast. <laughs> Don't go to like a highly populated bar by yourself during the week. Because if you're going to a bar cruising trying to meet some women or new people, I mean, you're probably just trying to fuck, right? Yeah. Dude, don't go to, like, the Electric Cowboy on a Wednesday alone when you're a menacing individual, especially. I mean, this guy has got murderous deeds tattooed on his back from prison. That's what he has tattooed on his back. Yeah, they let him out of prison! He's losing his job at Piggly Wiggly. Yeah, they're not going to let that fly at Kroger. Paper or plastic? <laughs> Those fucking Kenan Does and Kel. Does that say murderous deeds? Get the fuck out of here. But don't go to to bars by yourself. I mean, if you got to go out and drink, go to like a dive bar, you know? Hit your smaller community bar where it's the same people every night and you're not trying to be a fucking poon hound. If something tries to come in and maybe falls in your lap, maybe some girls are out with their fucking friends for a ladies' night, you run into them, you cross paths, beautiful. And that's the perfect situation that you're looking for. But you cannot go to the bigger clubs in town trolling for Tang during the week over and over again, it always leads to failure. All the shenanigans that can lead to criminal charges in your young life if you're not robbing banks and intentionally murdering people are going to start here. So, fellas, skip it. Please. They have apps on your phone now where you can have sex. That never happened to me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, there, there was no... You know, I've been married for 10 years. I missed out on that whole era, and I'm still pissed about it. You can just... Pull your phone up and it shows like all the horny singles in your area, but for real, not a porn commercial. Like fucking, it's old news, yeah. but new to us because we never got to use it. We need to get sponsored by one of those apps. Yeah, I love for people to fuck. Yeah, man. I wonder- people fucking burns off so much of this energy. If you're a serial killer or like a crazy conspiracy theorist or a Nazi or anything that the public considers to be negative. Fucking's gonna take the edge off of all that shit. Yeah, man. None of these and, people and are listen, ever fucking on the regular. If we can get that to happen, and then somebody, two people make the wrong decision and decide not to wear condoms, and they fucking have a kid, that kid happened because of us. Yeah, I would love to have a podcast, baby. Don't bring it on the podcast because it's gonna be loud and annoy the fuck out of everybody. But do name it after me, and unless it's a deaf mute, bring it on. Deaf mute, yeah. I don't want a deaf in here for sure because it'll just be like, it can't hear its own stupid voice. But if it's mute, then yeah, fuck yeah. So like a French Canadian stubbing his toe. (laughs) (laughs) That's the type of baby noise. Deflating tires. (laughs) We'll pop that baby. 
Uh, all right, so this motherfucker starts going out every night. He's playing darts. He's meeting women. Starts fucking up, man. You blew it. Police respond to a call that there's a fight in an apartment building. They arrive on a scene, and a female says, Help! He's killing my boyfriend! Police find... Oh, the police find him fucking choking a man that's beat to shit, and they command him to stop. He won't stop when they tell him to, so they tase him. He's still not stopping. He's squeezing the shit out of this guy. He's got blood on his knuckles. His fucking head's all swollen. So they tase his ass again. Once they tase him the second time, he finally lets go, and then they, you know, of course, assume that he's just in there assaulting everybody. But there's more to the story, buddy. And this is where things get muddy for this guy. He says that he's fighting that guy because he's scared for his life. Apparently, he had picked up this chick at the bar. They'd been fucking. The guy is her boyfriend. He walked in on him fucking and hit him over the head with a baseball bat. I believe him. <laughs> well, I'll present the evidence then, even though you're not on the side of the contrary. Curse so myth. <laughs> he says that when the guy came in, they hit him with a baseball bat, he blacked out, they stole his shit, like his car keys, his iPod, his wallet, and so the police looked around, apparently the apartment was a fucking gross mess, because these people are in their 30s and out at bars trying to meet each other and fuck. You know what you're walking into. Yeah. In an apartment... It smells of apartment, all right? Yeah. These are the type of apartments with carpet in them. You ever smell someone that smells like apartment carpet? Yeah. That's where the patois comes from in the first place. So they find his keys and his iPod, and they were trying to be concealed in some shit. His story's starting to add up, but then the woman is like, no, 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 he followed me home from the bar and busted in the door and started fighting with us, and we hit him over the head, and that shit just got tossed around. So they look back at him, and he's like, no, look at her. Her fucking shirt's on inside out. Her pants aren't buttoned up. I was in that pussy. And he hit me over the head with a baseball bat. And so they end up charging everybody because he's already a felon. He gets charged with resisting arrest and basically being where he shouldn't be. Parole violation. He gets sent to jail. When he gets sent to jail, somehow in the processing, they fuck up bad. So if you're a felon, especially if you're on parole... Like, let's say me or you got arrested, and we went to jail right now. Well, we don't have any criminal background. Nope. So they'll give us a bail right then when they process us. Like, oh, you were arrested for driving 30 miles per hour over the speed limit, reckless driving, your bail's set at 5000 We could call a bail bondsman and bond ourselves out right away, right? Yep. Well, you're not supposed to have that option if you're on parole for a felonious crime. So... For whatever fucking reason, they set the bail for him resisting arrest at $1,000. So he just calls a bail bondsman, gives them $100, and gets the fuck out of jail. Thanks, David Banner. You know that's what he was listening to. David Banner? Yeah, think about it. (laughs) He was like, beat the pussy up, beat the pussy up. Beat the pussy pussy up. What a good song, dude. Hell yeah, I love it. It makes me want to fuck hard. (laughs) Might be watching drip sweat. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's talking about pussies. Dude, that's like the first time I heard someone just talking about wet puss in a song on the radio. Mystical. Oh, girl trying to get your pussy wet. Yeah, but I can't understand mystical. <laughs> Basically, that sounds like Rick to life. <laughs> Same person, dude. Yeah, I bet it is. Dude, mystical just went down for rape charges again. Really? He's a serial rapist. 
Wow. Yeah, he turned himself in. He raped somebody else. He was just in prison for like 15 years for raping somebody. Full-grown German Shepherd motherfucker. Full-grown German Shepherd. He'll rape this mystical dude. Why is mystical raping people? He's famous-ish. I don't it's just what he likes. See, that's what happens, man. You do it one time, you get caught up. Motherfuckers need to look at that and be like, don't allow him in the public. He's going to keep raping. He says it in the songs. He says... He threatens the pussy over and over again, continuously. That's wow. almost every single one of his songs. Gonna say no. I don't care. Go around and take that pussy by the hair. Holds a knife to its fucking hole. <laughs> You're gonna give it up, pussy. <laughs> You're a dummy. He was fucking kicking the doors to an office, and there's the fucking puss. Drinking whiskey and smoking a cigarette with his fucking feet kicked back. Listen here, puss. You're going to give it to me, and you're going to give it to me now. Oh, God. This is terrible. <laughs> yeah, I forgot we were talking about rape. Yeah, and started ripping it up. Fuck, man. <laughs> Whoops. <sighs> Where were we before we got on this tangent? He, got All right. he basically got off, man. He got bond for this. Yeah, right. Bucks. So he bonds out. He fucking assaulted a guy by strangulation, resisted arrest, broke parole, Got out of jail for a hundred bucks on a thousand dollar bond. So then he goes from Indiana to Utah, trying to change his name and do the old escape arena, right? Mm-hmm. So he spent some time in Indiana and uh, somehow, or in Utah, and somehow he sorts out his parole situation. Like he goes back to court, they give him a new parole. They're going to allow him to continue living in Utah, but now he has to report to a parole office in Utah, type of thing, and somehow. Between the two places, they fuck up communication. He shows up to his parole meeting, and they're like, who are you? We don't have anything here for you. And he calls in for like three days in a row just to make sure he's not going to go to prison, and they fucking lost his records. All right. Yeah, so he's just loose. He's got no responsibility to anyone. And so finally, a month later, when... uh, So... In this month, he's got a free month. Nothing's going on. He doesn't have to report for parole. He's just in Utah. He's going to bars. He meets him a fucking lady named Tammy Joe Blanton. He's 33. She's 46. They start dating each other. Her friends Google a guy. When they Google him, they pull up all this shit. One of the friends fucking calls Utah, and they're like, well, yeah, he's on parole there. And so they call the parole board, and they're like, you've got a violent dangerous offender there on parole that you lost the paperwork for and he's not been checking in. So the police try to go find him immediately. When they try to find him, he drives back to Indiana. So police follow him all the way from Utah to Indiana in a low-speed chase. Yeah. Makes sense. This is the way that the fucking world of... That's real... Let's see, if you got a two... Highly concentrated methamphetamine areas. I feel like if you're going to move anything in between the two, you've got a certain amount of diplomatic immunity. Well, you know, he's like sitting up at the counter at the Circle K where Tammy works, eating an overcooked hot dog, just like, hey, baby, you just wait till you get off work. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he's like, oh, the law's coming? I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Man, how come every time there's a convict, they date a gas station worker? And they're always in there. Always. Every time. There's a gas station right by my house. If you go there after midnight, 
It's the same lady working there, and her fucking dude's, like, walking around the fucking gas station. It's always the same dude, and he's wearing, like, house shoes, white socks, you know what I'm saying? What the fuck does Bill and Ted say about the Circle K? It was, like, uh, something... Things are going awry at the Circle K. I think it's, like, uh, Troubles Afoot at the Circle I don't fucking <laughs> yeah, know. Troubles Afoot, dude. That's at the it. Circle K. <laughs> but, yeah, it's always a convict. It's always a gas station lady that cannot find love anywhere, but in the heart of a convict... And then that same fucking guy just hangs out in the gas station the whole time, just fucking chowing taquitos and shit. And she's like, cut him off, like, every time she's got to check somebody out, or she goes, ladies and gentlemen, truck drivers, your showers are ready. (laughs) (laughs) And he just says, he mean mugs people, like, dude, first of all, there's a reason why you two found each other, alright? Here in the normal world, literally, nobody's gonna fuck your girlfriend. And I mean, nobody. Because... Before you work your way down to convict, you're going to stop at, like, school bus driver. Yeah. Uh, grave digger. Um, toenail fungus remover. This is the last stop on the ride. This is where ain't no fucking going on. Oh, yeah, there is on her break. She's going to the grave. No, she's dam. fucking that guy, oh. but she ain't fucking nobody else. The school bus driver's had enough. You They're know going out to an old rusty grand dam on her break and just yeah, yeah, yeah. fucking oh, getting it yeah. stinky. I mean, she's fucking the ex-convict, but that's what I'm saying. Is There's that, that old cheese slice from her kids' Lunchables in the backseat. They're each other's last option, you know? Yeah. And oftentimes, the guy that's the ex-convict would have been like a normal person, but instead he got fucking murderous deeds tattooed on his face in prison. And now he has to steal hot Cheetos from the gas station as his only escape from fucking this fucking Sasquillian. Oh, he's opening it up and putting some pump cheese in that shit, dude. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, it's warm, but not too warm. Man, soggy hot Cheetos, dude. Well, you know they make that KY lube that heats it up? The cheese? <laughs> not the <laughs> pussy. Yeah. The KY, like hot and cold? Oh, God. That's the chili and nacho cheese that you could be putting on that puss instead. It satisfies the Eskimo pussy pleasure. Just imagine pounding some fucking nacho cheese into a hole. Be awesome. <laughs> You're right. If you put it in the butt, you got your chili cheese plate. <laughs> <laughs> so police chase him across four fucking states. He gets arrested. Now, this is where, I mean, we've had some for sure fuckery, right? $1,500 bail. Again, the same guy. Now he's a flight risk. He fucking pays the bail, goes back to Utah. The day that he paid that bail, his probation was somehow over with anyway. So now he's just fucking loose. Um, he and Tammy Joe are having problems when he goes back because her friends are like, listen, Tammy Joe, now we know that life didn't go the way you planned it. We know that when we got out of high school, you were dating Pete the freshman quarterback, and he was going to be the hot shit, but instead he broke his spine, and he couldn't get disability because he was still under the care of his parents, and instead of getting a normal job, you and Pete just sat around cleaning out the fucking snack closet day in and day out, and now you're a horrible monster with acne on the top part of your puss and warts on your forehead. And Pete done died about 10 years ago, leaving you in a real lonely situation because that little puss of yours ain't been eaten by nothing in 86 weeks, you know? And we need, we know you need to get your little something-something going on. And, and it just so happened that he came along and he was able to satisfy you for a short time. But look at here, this goddamn internet thing. See, we just do the Google and it comes up with the results here. And it says that he literally killed his girlfriend 
shot his mama, and shot himself in the brain. Now in Indiana, that's called a partial lobotomy. But here in Utah, that's called a dangerous person with a bullet lodged in their brain that probably ain't making too many rational decisions. You hear me, Tammy Joe? And then I turn around, and if I'm Tammy Joe, I say, well, I look like Billy Ray Cyrus, and I wear those high-waisted, worn-out jeans that show my camel toe. Yeah. And guess what I'm doing? What you doing? I'm swiping Circle K discount cards, selling really shitty snacks and fucking cheap fucking gas. What do you do? Well, think of it this way. You had yourself a little midlife tryst with a sexy ex-convict. Now, that may not come along your way again, Tammy Joe, but you got to get this man out of your life. You know what I say to that? What do you say, Tammy? I want him to pound me until I'm blown apart. I want my fucking pussy looking like gum under a school desk. Fuck you guys, you ain't my friends. Okay, Tammy, I'll make you a concession. I'll come by one time a week. I'll use three of my fingers, my pinky, my ring, and my middle. And I'll get in that clam and lick the clitoris and move it up and down, you know, where I pull the inside to the upside just over and over again until you spray some of that residual nacho cheese that I know he pounded up in there real good if you change your locks. He uses his fist. How are you going to compare to that? Well, honey, I got to tell you, I placed... Second in state arm wrestling championships year after year, starting in 1989 and going to 1996 until they kidnapped my son inside of my 18-wheeler. We went to a public beach, and he fisted me over a campfire. And he put it out with my squirt, so good luck. (laughs) All right, well, point being, they did talk Tammy Joe into dumping him. She changed the locks in her house. So when he came back to town, guess what he did? Went over there, knocked on the door. Tammy's like, no, I got to get ready for my shift at the Circle K. Can't let you in right now. We're going to talk later. And he's like, okay. So she comes home, goes to bed, wakes up at 3 o'clock in the morning to him just... (laughs) Sniffing panties above her. And she's like... Sniffing panties? Sniffing panties. Calls the police... The police show up. He has been to her house enough where he's claiming legal residence. And the cops are like, well, our hands are kind of tied here. And she's like, I changed the locks. He broke in through the back door. Look at the back door. The back door's kind of messed up. He's like, no, it's been like that, officer. I've been trying to work on it. I'm a good, honest man who's evaded the law 8,000 times so far. Fuck the police. Got a murderous deeds tattoo. Shot myself in the face one time. But that chills me out. I'm not mad with y'all, officers. I got a bullet lodged in the mad part of my brain. Now listen here, I've been staying here, y'all gonna let me stay here. And they're like, man, you know what, he makes a good point. You can't stay here right now, you guys can sort this out tomorrow, you gotta leave, but you're gonna be fine, right ma'am? And she's like, no, probably not, you broke in my house, you might do it again. They're like, well, that's for you guys to sort out here under Utah law. Of course, Tammy Joe doesn't show up at work the next day for a shift. All her co-workers know the score. They call the cops. The cops go over there. First thing the police notice is that back door where there's now even more signs of forced entry. They knock on the door. He opens the door and says, man, Tammy ain't here right now. At which time he starts to close it when one of the officers sticks his hand in the door just in the nick of time because he noticed a giant gash across the top of his hand. They go inside, and because of suspicion of that gash and the call from last night, they put him in handcuffs, 
search him. In his pocket is a knife that he tried to fold up and couldn't because it's so clumped with hair and blood. They start looking around the house. They find a trail of blood that leads to the bathroom. In the bathroom, above the bathtub, is a tent. What do you think's in that tent? Breathe right strips because all the snoring he did from snowing panties and shit. Yeah, he's got a bad nasal cavity. Possibly a deviated septum. Really under that tent, though, is a fucking ripped up Tammy Joe With a deviated rectum. <laughs> he has stabbed Tammy Joe to death over and over again. Then, taken a power saw to remove her heart and brains. Once he got those out, he started eating the brains raw and remembered, ho ho, Tammy's got a stove. Goes over, cooks the brain with the heart together and eats the entire mass of both of them. Was she, did she have a sterno? A sterno. Camp, a camping stove. She had a regular stove. Wow, she's fancy. Circle K is fancying it up. Yeah, that's a patient. It's not a lot of people working in gas stations in Utah that got snows. The judicial system is a fucking surd. Oh, yeah. This guy should have been locked away. I mean, when he shot his whole fucking everyone he loves, when he shot him, how did they not decide, all right, that's enough to lock him away for life? And then on top of that, he gets a tattoo on his back that says murderous deeds. And then he somehow convinces an Indiana parole board that since he shot himself in the face, look, I know I've said it eight times, but it's so absurd. He talks to professionals into thinking that because he's got a bullet lodged in his brain, he's all right. What happened here? I think I think that uh, he is okay, and I think that these are just uh, just things that have happened. They're just uh, they're not even real. Or pretend. He I re- wish. Oh, I really wish. Actually, I don't, because then we wouldn't have any content for our kick-ass podcast. Yeah. High five. This one rules. That's crazy. This one that we're rolling into right now is true detective work, because the song that we have tonight, which is Eaten by Bloodbath, is actually stemmed from this particular crime. Uh, this is fucking awesome. Super awesome. This is consensual murder at its finest. Consensual murder. It's in my butt. I want you to slit your throat with my nut. (laughs) A cum sword. (laughs) All right, March 2001. Burned Jürgen Brands, an engineer from Berlin, Germany, Answers one Armin Mewis ad on the website The Cannibal Cafe, which is a site for people with cannibal fetishes. Armin Mewis had placed an ad searching for someone to participate in him consensually eating their flesh. A few people had responded to it, but they had backed out at the last minute, and Armin was very particular about them giving their consent to him eating them alive. Which makes sense. You don't want to go to prison for this shit. Nope. So, it turns out that Burned Brandis is just the right guy for the job. He meets up with Armin in Rottenburg, Germany. And they've got a plan that they're going to cut Brand's penis off and eat it together. And of course, if you're going to go into such an extensive endeavor, you're going to want a souvenir. So they film the entire process. 
And is I, it on the internet? No, I can't find the video. I searched high and low. I found an article about how they have it, but they won't turn it public. When they do, let us know immediately. I got to see it. I'm, I mean, I don't want to see it, but I'm going to watch we're it. We're definitely going to watch it. We're going to watch it. You know it. we're going to watch. All right. So, Brands wants Muiz to take his penis off by biting it. So he takes 20 sleeping pills and drinks half a bottle of schnapps. I hope it was mint. Or peach. He seems like a sweet guy. <laughs> Schnapping it up. <laughs> oh, God. Sleeping pills. So it turns out that uh, Armin Muiz has either got a real soft jaw or penis is legitimately hard to chew through. Because he can't do it. Well, we just talked about chewing like gum if it tastes like spam. Yeah, well, he says it's chewy. He says it's way too chewy. But he tries to fucking bite it off for like half an hour. Can't get it off, so it's like, well, we're trying to grind through. He just grabs a knife, and on film, Brands agrees. All right, use the knife to cut this thing the rest of the way off, and let's get to eating it. Holy shit. He cuts his dick off and then puts it in the mouth of Brands, his own dick. And he's trying to chew it, and he's just like, chewy. Brain blood everywhere, trying to get the dick down, and he, the other guy is like, what the fuck do I do? I gotta feed this guy's dick, that's the whole thing. So this fucking boner takes the dick into the kitchen, olive oil, salt, pepper, hits the pan with a little bit of wine to deglaze it, and burns it. Burns it. You only got one dick. One opportunity. You can't burn that motherfucker. I mean, what you do is you go you go to your favorite uh, arts and crafts store, Hobby Lobby. You buy you some Gorilla Glue. You wet your forehead. You apply the Gorilla Glue to the dick and then stick it to your forehead like some kind of sex unicorn. That's what the fuck I would have done with it. <laughs> have a dick just flopping around in your face. That's my dick on his forehead. <laughs> but he wanted to eat it. Maybe eat it off the forehead? You could, yeah, if it like plops down, you can slinky it. <laughs> like a stair, you can staircase it into your mouth. My God. <laughs> yeah, so the dick's too chewy. That's the word he uses, which I can only think of a Quaker granola bar. Yum. Yeah, those are the worst. They are. They're so dry. They should just be called Quaker dry bar instead of chewy. Chewy's a bullshit word. A dick, that's chewy. Granola yeah. bar, not chewy. Fuck. So... He goes to cook it, burns it, fucks the whole thing up, and meanwhile, this guy's fucking bleeding to death on the floor because it got his goddamn dick cut off, and the dude's plan is like, all right, he's bleeding, I'm going to put him in a tub and give him a towel to hold over where his dick used to be. <laughs> he's trying to hold it together, and the dude keeps trying to get up, he's trying to get him to stay down. The guy eventually stands up, falls over, and now he hits his fucking head on the side of the tub. It's a real Three Stooges situation in here. Yeah. It's like yeah, a, yeah, yeah. It's a dick water fountain. <laughs> you and me cutting dicks off in the dark. You and me, I want to shard on your body. Let me get naughty and treat you like a potty. Let me chew right through. I got no <laughs> dick. We can't screw. Let me put it where you make the poo. That's something I can no longer do. Let me fuck it in between your toes and drink some from the fucking mountain dew. Hold on, I'm burning my dick stew. (laughs) So this guy is trying to keep him alive. He falls over and hits his head. And so the video reflects that he goes to the dude who's passed out. He picks his head up and he's like, can I kill you now? 
And the guy's like, yes. So he says a little prayer, stabs a guy in the throat, brings a meat hook into the room, hangs the body on the meat hook, spends four hours processing the body, puts the meat in the freezer, and consumes this gentleman as much as he can over 10 months. He ends up eating 44 pounds of the guy. Wow. Whoa! That's like a pound a day. Hey, burger helper, dude. Yeah. He's probably a burger in it. Probably got a meat grinder or some shit. Yeah. Because, like, people's steak can't be great. I don't know. I bet it is. Nah, man. Because, like, yeah, it's, I don't know. Because just the activity that you go through day in and day out, it just makes your shit weird. And, like, the everything you put in your body, like, dude, aspartamine or aspartame or whatever that shit's called is fucking... I hear if you drink a lot of diet drinks and you come, it tastes fucking terrible. You know what I mean? Well... Uh, I hear the lungs pretty good. <laughs> Huff lung. Oh fuck, man, that's so cool. That's a cool thing. <laughs> we should just make a product for huffing that looks like a lung, and then we can just sell it for something else because you can't legally huff, but it's just like air intake lung. <laughs> it's fucking uh, uh, what the fuck is that shit? The oxygen, oxygen bar, but with lungs. <laughs> <laughs> hey, huff lung. All right, so um. This fucking idiot has been eating this guy, and he just can't get enough of ripping people up. And he thinks what he did is totally legal because the guy consented to it. So he gets back on the Cannibal Cafe, puts out another ad, and in the ad he's fucking bragging about it. He's like, all right, well, the last guy loved it. I cut his dick off, and we ended up killing him, and I've been eating him, and he loved it, and I loved it. I got such a sexual satisfaction from it. And so some college students looking around this shit finds it and calls the cops, and the cops are like, that can't be real. And they go check it out. But sure enough, fucking real. And old Armin Muse is, arre- is arrested. And this trial is a great big boner on Germany. Well, all right. I shouldn't say it's a boner on Germany's history. Because Germany really fucked up a long time ago. There's not much worse you could do than what Germany's done. But as far as modern day trials go, what they did first is they convicted him of manslaughter. Because it's all documented, first of all, online where the guy is asking this guy to cut his dick off and eat it with him, and then on the video, he continuously asks for the guy to, like, chomp his dick off with his teeth, cut his dick off with a knife, feed his dick to him. It's all there. He consents to the guy killing him. So he got manslaughter, and they gave him eight years, and the dude's like, oh, I can't believe that I was going through with stuff like this. I'm going to... Or he's German. Oh, I'm going to pull out the book. You... I can't, whatever. This guy writes a book. He wants to write a book. And so, like, the law is looking at him because he's like, I don't want anyone else to escalate to the point that I did. I want to keep people from doing it. So let me write a book about it. And they're like, oh, this is a pretty good guy. We're going to give him eight years in jail. And then he goes to prison. Imagine being this guy, too. He's like, that's not so bad. Eight years, German prison? They can't have crazy prisons anymore. Remember the last time? It's probably fucking cool now. And then a year into that, they're like, hold the fucking phone. You mean to tell me we've got this guy dismembering a body on camera for four hours? Fuck this shit. We're sending him to prison for life. And the dude's, you know, crying in the courtroom like, why you can't do these? And did, they, did he, sure did he post it. the book? No, he didn't get shit. He's still in prison. They fucking is in German prison, which is definitely not like he thought. It's the worst. <laughs> Uh, yeah, man. Well, that wraps up the uh, cannibalism. So now we can take the song from Bloodbath, Eaten, 
Buddy can read the lyrics, and we'll give it a proper introduction. This song that Buddy's about to read and we'll post on our Facebook page for you to listen to is by an artist called Bloodbath Eater. I've had one desire since I was born, to see my body ripped and torn. To see my flesh devoured before my eyes. I'm here for you. I volunteer as a human sacrifice. This is the chorus. Carve me up. Slice me apart. Suck my guts. Lick my heart. Chop me up. I like to be hurt. Drink my marrow and blood for dessert. Eaten. My one desire. My only wish is to be eaten. The longer I live, the more I'm dying to feel the pain. Eaten. I would do anything to be eaten. My one desire, my only wish, is to be eaten. I finally found you, my personal slaughter, as an appetizer. I let you taste my daughter. Call me sick, but this is what I need. My only purpose here is for you to feed. Desecrate me, tear me limb from limb, eviscerate me, chew me to death. They did a good job. They did a great job. Bloodbath rules. So just uh, check out our Facebook page. I'll, I already have the video up. I'll post it again. It's just a reminder. You made it this far. That was a great episode. It it's was fun. It's nice to take a break from uh, heavy serial killings and just take a nice little fun romperloo through yeah. the world of cannibalism. Nice little stroll through the fucking weirdness. Now next week we're going to start our two possibly three-part series on Norwegian black metal. Fair enough. Because I want to do the circle, and I want to talk about Gaul's crimes. So there's a lot that I want to encompass. It may cool. take up to three weeks. Yeah, I think it would probably take three weeks. It's a lot. There's a lot, man. And it's cool as hell. So where you're going to get into fucking Satanism, real Satanism. You're going to get into great metal, murders, vandalism, arson, Giant criminal enterprise run by just a few uh, black metal dudes in the cold mountains of Norway. It's going to be fucking awesome. Hell yeah. So in the meantime, follow us on all our pages. Five stars on iTunes is so important. We want to keep giving you the sweet content. So for now, if you just give us a like, it's going to help us out a ton. Five star review. Roast us in the comments and I'll give I'll read your comment next week. All right? Anything else, buddy? Nope. Build a sigil between you and Leviathan. Tell him what you want. Profess his name. Channel him into this world with ejaculate. Burn the sigil with the cum on it. And realize your potential. I want this